0: A few weeks back on episode number 64, I talked all about the importance of having a great budget to work from. Not just one that you use to show to potential investors, but one you update and refer to on an ongoing basis. I shared a link on that episode where all of you could go get my budget template, and already so many of you have done that, which is awesome. As I said on that episode, the numbers will tell you what's possible. If you fill out that budget properly, you're going to be able to see right there in black and white how many covers you need to do each week just to stay afloat, how much you can spend and still turn a profit, what sort of check average you need to maximize your seating. This idea, of course, maintaining profitability is at the heart of any business, but there's a reason I decided to share that spreadsheet now, and that's because this pandemic is forcing business owners all over the country, really all over the world, to redesign operations. Restaurants have been around for just a couple of hundred years, basically unchanged, but there's a big shift coming. Those who recognize that will reap the rewards, and those who ignore the signs will get left in the dust. On this week's episode, we're going to talk all about reinvention, why to do it, what it might look like, and how to take those tentative first steps toward designing a more profitable business. Stick around. There's an old saying goes something like this you'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for anyone who's looking. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast dedicated entirely to the restaurant industry. Now, each week, we discuss the tools, tactics, and strategies that will establish you as a leader in your market. That means doing more covers and driving more revenue. We choose a topic. We pick that topic apart. We, we come up with a few key insights, and then we always finish up with an assignment, right? I leave you with a short, actionable task, something you can do right away to start implementing some of the some of the ideas that we talk about here on the show, because as I always say, information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. Now, this week's episode is sponsored by the Table Rock QR Menu System. As a restaurant owner, you are strong and resilient, but without a doubt, these past few months have been a struggle. As restaurants around the world begin to welcome back patrons, health and safety will be the number one concern. Restaurants are going to have to start thinking about things they never even considered before, like what to do about menus. So instead of wasting money on disposable menus or trying to properly clean reusable ones, restaurant owners all over the country are switching to the Table Rock QR menu system. You place a QR code at the front door or at the register or even on the tables, and guests can easily scan and view your menu right there on their smartphone or tablet. The best part is that it allows you to update your menu anytime you want, and it automatically syncs to your pre-existing QR menu code. Plus, you can display up to 10 different menus just from that one code. So you have a lunch menu, a dinner menu, dessert menu, a selection of beers, cocktails, wine list. You can use them all. It is the simplest, most affordable way to ensure you meet CDC guidelines and provide a safe environment for your patrons and your staff. Learn more at qrmenusystem.com or you can click the link in the show notes. The budget template I spoke about at the very top of the show is still available for purchase on the Restaurant Strategy website, right? So visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com, click the shop page, or of course, you can find the link in the show notes. It is not some simple document, but rather an interconnected spreadsheet of six different pages that track opening expenses, ongoing monthly expenses, uh, variable costs like food, labor, linen, uh, plus a page dedicated to revenue models, and another one all about weekly staffing costs. If you have something already built, then great. Dust it off and start using it. Otherwise, go get the document I'm offering. It's only $50 and will be invaluable as you start applying the lessons that we talk about today. So then today, how do you reinvent the wheel? Well, we'll get to that. First, I think, We have to make sure we're all on the same page right before we figure out how let's first identify why we need to reinvent the wheel so the covid 19 pandemic has fundamentally changed things in this country and as we start to creep out of it i think we're going to face a new reality remember a couple of important points here we're going to be operating at reduced capacity for a long time especially as we see cases continue to spike in places all over the country Also, once we are able to resume normal service at 100%, how many people are going to stay away for a while? Seriously, remember that there are many people who are understandably scared of this virus and they are going to stay away from crowds for a long time to come. That right there will account for a meaningful percentage of your customer base. Then we have to remember that millions of people lost their jobs due to the shutdown and many of those jobs may not be coming back. So unemployment levels may stay elevated for some time, and because of that, we'll be in a recession for the foreseeable future. So all of that is to say that dining out will be considered a luxury moving forward, something that I think people are just going to treat themselves to. Finally, let's look at some logistics of culture, right? When will people be comfortable hiring babysitters again? When will babysitters feel comfortable coming into people's homes again? Um, If a couple doesn't, find a sitter to watch the kids, how will they be able to go out to enjoy a romantic dinner together? So I think the kinds of restaurants we will want in the next year or two may be different from the kinds of restaurants that were popular in the last year or two. So think about how culture shifts will affect dining habits and ultimately how it's going to affect your bottom line. I tell you all of that not to scare you, but to make sure we all see eye to eye here. The restaurant industry I think is gonna limp along a little bit until people realize that reinvention is the name of the game. So when the shutdown first hit, I was calling it the pivot, right? Restaurants that made their money by offering sit-down dining either shut down completely or pivoted to another model, either takeout or at-home meal kits or whatever, and I've been very vocal about the fact that I think those restaurants are going to have a leg up moving forward because they did the hard creative work already of figuring out how to make it work. And there are all kinds of success stories, right? I mean, on his second interview with Tim Ferriss, Nick Kakonis, the guy who owns Alinea, talked about uh, how they had their biggest day ever during the quarantine. This from one of the biggest restaurants in the world, and they had their biggest day in 15 years in the middle of a global health crisis and then there's bob and kate carpenter you might remember them back from episode number 49 i had the pleasure of interviewing them on this show they run this cute little breakfast spot in escondido california we've been keeping in touch throughout this whole shutdown they launched a new concept to try to bring in additional revenue it's a it's a ghost kitchen of sorts called 760 burgers That operates three nights a week, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights, and Bob and Kate emailed me to say that they just about killed themselves, but recently they had their biggest day ever. So in five years of business, they had their most profitable day again in the middle of a global pandemic, and they did it by reinventing themselves, serving their audiences in new ways. And isn't that the key to all successful marketing? The thing is, this next phase isn't just about pivoting, but about reinventing yourself altogether. So I asked three questions at the beginning of this episode. They were, number one, why do we need to reinvent ourselves? Number two, what might reinvention look like? And number three, how do you take those first steps? Well, I hope I've just answered the first of those questions, right? Why do we need to do it? Because if you don't, you're going to bleed out. If you have 100 seats in your restaurant, I'm guessing you need to do about 150 covers a night on average to turn a profit. At 50% capacity, let's say, it's gonna be very difficult to hit that number. So you need to come at the problem fresh. Of course, that is where the budget comes in, right? The numbers will tell you what's possible. In fact, have you done that yet? What what sort of numbers can you expect to do at 50% capacity? How long can you survive losing money every single week? No, I think you need to come up with a new plan. So I've talked about this before, but I want to share an update, right? There's, there's a restaurant my wife and I love here in Brooklyn called Leah. It's in the Ditmas Park uh, neighborhood of Brooklyn, right by my son's preschool. And we've become regulars there, right? We're, we pretty much go every Friday night after we pick up our son from school. Now in this pandemic hit, they basically turned themselves into this like little Italian market with with fresh produce and meats and cheeses and homemade pastas and wine and cocktails to go. But as the weeks have gone on, the displays have become more and more permanent. In fact, last time we were there, just last week, I said to my wife, um, I think they're changing their concept for good. I mean, I mean, look at this place. So we actually started talking to the manager there and she said, yeah, I, I think this is the new concept because I'm sure they ran the numbers. As a restaurant, they need two cooks, two servers, a manager, a bartender, a dishwasher, and then maybe a busboy for, for a busy night. That's like eight people just to open the door. And, and now as a, as a little market, they have just three people working there, a cook back in the kitchen, a manager running the register, and just like a stock boy replenishing the products and, and making the place look good. So they saw the future and decided they couldn't succeed that way. And what started as a pivot, I think, has become a bit of reinvention. So build your budget and see where things stand. Why do you need a new plan? Well, because things are different. And if you don't take that into account, you may be swept away. Okay, so then let's use this then to talk about the second question. What might that look like? Well, that's the beauty of this. There is no fixed answer. And what works for one place in one market may not work for another place in another market. So for Sunnyside Kitchen out in California, it was about finding ways to drive additional revenue, right? They have very limited seating capacity and they can only charge so much for breakfast dishes and lunch paninis. So they needed to figure out where else they could grow and if you remember on the podcast episode, the, the interview, they were talking about trying to promote their office catering business in 2020. And obviously that's gone out the window. Most people are still working from home and then the hospital near them, I'm sure isn't the smartest place for them to try to drum up new business at the moment. So I'm sure they said, okay, well then what else can we do? What about, what about night? What about nighttime? Well, they didn't want to open for dinner but they could run a delivery service out of their kitchen which is exactly what they're doing now with 760 Burgers. Awesome, that is one way to do it. Leah switching their concept from a pizza restaurant to an Italian market is another way to do it. That's one of the more interesting shifts I've seen, but of course there are other more obvious ones, right? Like like moving to a takeout model or doing that at home uh, meal delivery kits uh, or launching a ghost restaurant out of your kitchen. To me, those are the obvious ones, right? So then what if we think a bit further outside the box. What about a food cart? What about going out into the world? Yeah, well, what sort of permits are required to run a little food cart? But like, can you sell lobster rolls in the park? Can, can you make everything in the restaurant, wrap them up individually and sell lobster rolls and lemonade in the park? What if you bought one of those little bikes with a like a cooler in the back or or a cart that someone could pull? Here in New York, we have Central Park, we have Riverside Park, and then in Brooklyn, we've got Prospect Park, three huge public spaces. Could you hire a team of eight or 10 people to, to go out and sell them? Especially now, we've got another three months of good weather, why not try something like that? Especially in a COVID world, I, I have to assume that City Hall is gonna do their best to approve that permit quickly. Or could you open a food truck and sell your food that way? It's basically the same idea as the pull cart, but with more upside, it's a, it's a bit more permanent, but the same, it's a way of going out to where the people are. Again, that's an idea. Education. What about education? So many restaurants are being run by knowledgeable, passionate, experienced professionals. Can you leverage some of that and generate revenue by teaching? So 11 Madison Park here in New York City was the number one restaurant in the world last year. They are innovating on so many different levels. And yet when the shutdown order came, they just closed up shop. But what if Chef Daniel Humm Turned the kitchen and, and the dining room into some sort of education space. What if he leveraged his skills and the skills of his teammates to share what he knew with people who wanted to know? If he had started offering master classes or cooking classes on Zoom, do you think he could have made money? I, I'm guessing that's a big fat yes. What if every Thursday was a fine dining dish or some high-end technique and then and then they had casual Friday, right? So back to basics. He could have done 10 a.m. and 6 p.m., both days, and probably could have killed it. Maybe just him and a couple of cooks, socially distanced, of course, but still able to work. And then what if he'd brought his wine director, Cedric Nikkeis, uh, in to teach wine courses every Friday night at like 9 or 10 p.m. So after the kids go to bed and each week focusing on a different region of the world, they, they could have even sold tasting packs of wines that, that they were going to taste. So click here to get the five wines delivered to your house in time for the Zoom session, or, or a link to purchase them at a local retailer, right? Wouldn't that have also been a great way to partner up with another local business? So again, that's another idea, education. But what about some others? What are some other potential ways you could reinvent yourself moving forward? Could you turn to retail? What, what sort of things could you sell? What if you turned yourself into a bit of a specialty shop, showcasing products made by people in the community? So like jewelry and T-shirts and bags and and whatever. Might that bring people in? Might they do a little shopping and then maybe grab a bite to go? Could you do a pop-up somewhere else, right? So especially here in New York, we're lagging behind other spots in the country. But could you go somewhere else, somewhere else in the country that's in the safe zone and and run some sort of pop-up? Could you offer your services up for consultation for the hundreds of chefs and managers out there who are looking at this pandemic as an opportunity to finally scoop up a space of their own and open their own restaurant? What if you ran some sort of mastermind group for people in this situation? You you teach them all about uh, building a restaurant, uh, a business plan, securing permits, raising money, etc. What if you turned your dining room into a private space or sections it off into a couple of private areas, right? So you don't wanna gather hundreds of people all together, but might you be able to serve families looking to get together for Sunday dinners or a birthday or, or whatever? It would be a semi-private situation, but what if this was the new model moving forward for, for a little while at least, right? Could it work? How could you market it? My point is there are always opportunities for innovation take your skills and experience and use them to do something new and check it out it may require you just reinvent part of your business part of your operations because let's say you do reopen the restaurant and people come back great that's one revenue stream you'll just need to get creative to make up some of the lost revenue due to the capacity restrictions so like i said in the beginning of this shutdown. Learn to pivot, get creative, and diversify your revenue streams. Restaurants that made all of their money doing one thing, like like sit-down dinners, are hurting right now because it was harder to shift their operations to something else. But those that made money from takeout and catering and private dining and retail are in a much better place, right? So retail, think about that for a second, right? All of those places that have their own cookbooks could simply shift their marketing to sell more books instead of booking tables. Especially now when we're all cooking at home so much, isn't everyone trying out new recipes? So I hope everyone out there who has their own cookbook has turned themselves into a little e-commerce superstore. For the rest of you, maybe this is the time to start thinking about publishing your own cookbook. Again, as a way of diversifying your offerings and protecting yourself for the future. Now the last question I posed was the how. How do we take those tentative first steps And it's really very simple. Note, there's a difference between simple and easy. I'm not suggesting that this is gonna be a walk in the park, but what I'm asking you to do is simple. Let's not overcomplicate things. You have to begin by shifting your mindset, by acknowledging that we can't go back to the way things were, because even if things do eventually return to business as usual, the path to get there is going to be brand new. So how do you do it? Simple. It requires just three things. An open mind, a willingness to be wrong, and a creative outlook. Actually, there is a fourth thing that isn't required but helps out a lot, and that is collaboration. Go back and listen to the episode all about creative solutions and review that process because that is how you're going to find your path forward. And remember your audience all the time. What is it they need? What is it they need right now? How can you solve their problems? Start doing this so that you can put yourself in the best place possible to succeed moving forward. Your assignment then is to brainstorm three different ideas. How can you reinvent your business in a post COVID world? Sketch out three different ideas and run them by your partner or the chef and, and just start a dialogue about the future. That's all for now. Again, again, I'll finish the way I started and remind you about the budget template that's for sale on the restaurant strategy website. The link is in the show notes. It is available for $50. Before you go somewhere, you got to know where you're going. You got to run the numbers and make sure you can afford it. The numbers tell you what's possible. So if you want to turn your restaurant into a drive through taco stand, great, cool idea. But run the numbers and see how many customers you need to turn a profit. How many tacos are you going to have to sell a day to be profitable? Before you do anything, you need to know what's possible and what's probable. As always, I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. If you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button. And if you feel so inclined, log a review and let others out there know how you feel about the show. I appreciate you tuning in week after week. Stay safe, stay sane, and stay creative. I will see you next time.